Hey, this is Paul Lathrop from the Polite Society Podcast. You know, a long time ago, I was looking for a tactical mall ninja podcast, and I fell upon this one, and I like this much better. You're listening to Bob Main and the Handgun World Podcast, a practical show for a practical guy like me. Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Episode 511 to be exact, you have tuned in to a practical show done by a practical guy. And that is me. Keep in mind folks, I'm not ex-law enforcement or ex-military or a gunsmith or anything like that. Occasionally, I do a little bit of firearms training on the side just for everyday, regular people. That's what I am. I'm just an everyday, regular guy taking my Second Amendment rights very seriously as I have been doing for about 15 or 16 years. And on my journey, I share with you what I learn and the experiences I've had. And hopefully, it all ends up being a good experience and a learning experience for you. So, welcome. Today uh, is uh, Sunday. And it's June 14th, 2020, and episode 511. So this week, I am going to talk about a voicemail that I recently received from a listener. He heard my episode last week on one-handed shooting, and he has some things he wanted to share. And quite ironically, you know, I did last week on one-handed shooting. And then I went to a competition match yesterday, and guess what? We had a lot of one-handed shooting <laughs> in the competition match. I did very well with it. You can go over to Facebook or YouTube, uh, actually primarily on my Facebook page, Handgun World Podcast. And uh, you can look up the uh, stage that I had to do with one-handed shooting kneeling position. One-handed shooting in a kneeling position during a competition match. That's what I like about competition shooting. You just can't get that kind of practice anywhere else uh, unless you take a training class or you go to a competition match and it's the kind of shooting that you do need to practice I, I really believe strongly in that so it's so ironic since that was the topic of of last week and then I got this voicemail that I'm going to play for you coming up and then we're doing some one-handed shooting in yeah I don't know maybe the maybe the match director listened to to my show last week <laughs> It seems like that, you know. But anyway, thanks again for for tuning in. And then I'm also going to be spending a little bit of time talking about shotguns in this episode because Ben Branham and I, we went to the shooting range last week and we recorded a lot of good video for modern handgunners and for the Shooters Club. And uh, there's a couple of them that have already gone up on my free YouTube channel. I did one on my uh, newly modified completed modification product on my Glock 19 and I did a shooting review so check it out go to the handgun world YouTube channel and you'll see that I'll put a link in the notes and it shot very well you'll see the results of how well my G19 now shoots after doing all those nice upgrades to it and we shot some shotgun videos uh, for for both the shooters club and modern handgunners and a couple of other cool things which you'll see so 
if you are a Shooters Club member, just watch your feed. Uh, or if you want to, if you already subscribe to my YouTube channel, check it out. Or if you subscribe to myself and Ben at Modern Handgunners on YouTube, which is our free YouTube channel with some good stuff on there, you're going to see what I'm talking about. And uh, remember, this podcast is sponsored by Concealment Solutions. ConcealmentSolutions.com. They are fantastic holster makers. 90% of the time I'm using a Concealment Solutions holster. But the only time that I'm not is when I appendix carry. Otherwise, I'm using a Concealment Solutions holster. Uh, and just such great stuff that Jason Christensen makes. So if you're in the market, check them out. ConcealmentSolutions.com. You can get a 10% discount on your order just by using a one-word coupon code, and that is Handgun World. Handgun World at checkout. Get a 10% instant discount. All right, so let's get right to the voicemail. Hi, Bob. This is John. I was uh, in the Army and also a cop for 35 years. Um, when I first started, everything was set up for right-handed people, and I am left-handed. One of the things that I learned was that if you slightly spread your left hand uh, between the trigger finger and your next finger down, a lot of the times you can reach around with your weak hand finger and release the magazine. Later on, as the gun started to get uh, ambidextrous, I tried to uh, switch the magazine, but I had so many years uh, the magazine released. I had so many years of doing it that way that I found it uh, to be really hard for me to change my muscle memory. But again, if you just kind of spread your uh, the trigger finger and your next finger down, on most guns you can reach around with your weak hand and release the magazine uh, and still um, be able to uh, pull the trigger if you had to. Thanks for your show. Bye. John, thank you very much for calling that in, John. That was a great tip for one-handed shooting. And uh, I never thought about that, never tried that, but maybe I might start teaching myself that technique. You know, the, the more things you can teach yourself, the more advice you can get from other people, the better off you are. That's the great thing about doing a podcast like this and interacting with listeners and going to training classes and competition matches and things like that. You just learn so much i've always been a sponge for knowledge and you learn you learn and then once you learn you got to go out and apply so that's good stuff uh you know i mean there are different ways to do things you know the old saying there's more than one way to skin a cat it's it's so true and i'm a huge believer in learning from opes other people's experiences i mean it's just that's the that's the great way to shortcut training is is why not just learn from other people's experiences that's why you got to go to training classes why you got to watch videos it's why you got to go out and compete that's why you got to go out and practice all the time so that you can be the best you can be when it comes time you know as i've always said man i don't know about you i hope the day never comes where i have to use my handgun in self-defense or shotgun or rifle 
to me right now these are these are nice tools that I have on my hip or or in my safe they're they're also fun toys to go out and play with on the weekends I'm ready if I have to use them in self-defense I'm ready if the riots come to my neighborhood I hope they don't I'm ready if somebody tries to attack me or any member of my family I just I don't I don't want that I don't go looking for that I know some people kind of seem to want that I I don't want that do you I don't think it's a good idea to want to have that situation. You know, now I know if you're active law enforcement or active military, well then you don't have much of a choice. It's going to come to you. And maybe those of us who are just regular civilians and we're not active duty or active law enforcement, it may come to us. Probably not as likely, but I I plan to be ready. I plan to be ready, and that's one of the things that I hope that you get out of this show is that you're you're ready for that because I would hate to see that you're not ready and all of a sudden you become a casualty if if the fight or the attack comes to you. I, I would feel guilty about that because I would sort of make me feel like I didn't do everything in my power to get you prepared. And John brings up a great point in this um in this uh, uh, voicemail, he talked about the muscle memory, or you know, whatever you want to call it. Some people don't call it muscle memory, but you know, he said he developed the muscle memory to do that, and might not be able to 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 develop the muscle memory to do something else if he was using his left hand and he had to perform a reload, press the magazine button, or the slide release. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, maybe you might want to pause this one right now, go back and listen to last week so you know what John was talking about. But again, thank you, John. That's a that's a great technique and a great tip that you just shared with us. And folks, if you want to call in something to the Handgun World podcast, be my guest. 210-646-1727 is the phone number. 210646 1727 in a few minutes or less make your point and i'll put you on the show respond to it ask your question make your comment and i welcome all comments good bad indifferent i'm an open-minded guy it's not going to bother me so please uh please call them in 210-646-1727 thanks again john for doing that now, speaking of practice and training, Ben Branham and I are bringing the band back together. We took some time off of training for a while just because of life situations and things like that. September 19th and 20th, Ben Branham and I are teaching Beyond Concealed Carry. Uh, we're bringing it back. It's an intermediate class, two days long, Saturday and Sunday, 9 to 5, September 19th and 20th in San Antonio. We have changed the class quite a bit. I I promise the material is going to be different for those of you who are graduates. We already have a couple graduates that have already signed up. They know the value of these types of things. Uh, And this is one of the very rare circumstances where you get two lead instructors for the price of one. You get two of us, myself and Ben. We pretty much take equal time teaching the class on different subjects I've got some strengths Ben Ben certainly has strengths and so we both teach to our strengths you get some good personal attention 
Uh, I've taken a lot of training classes, and one of the things that I find very valuable is getting personal attention. How about you? Have you noticed that? Um, i got to give some good credit to Carl Wren. I've been to KR Training in Central Texas many times to take classes there. And uh, with several instructors in the class, Carl and his organization do a pretty good job of also giving personal attention. And that's, that's really needed, and it's, it's really good. The students really benefit from that. So you'll get that if you get signed up. We've got early bird specials, by the way, that run through July 4th. You can save $50 on the class, get signed up before July 4th. Once again, Saturday and Sunday, September 19th and 20th. Should be pretty good weather, not too hot down here in South Texas. By that time, it starts to cool off. Uh, usually, we don't have a lot of rain. There's a lot of fun things to do here in San Antonio. So come pay us a visit, shoot with us for two days. We will change your shooting life, I promise. I promise you, you can talk to any, any graduate of our classes, and I'm pretty sure they're all going to tell you that. Uh, there's a link in the show notes on how to directly get signed up over at handgunworld.com. So let's get into shotguns. So one of the videos you can see, it's already up there, uh, ben and I, we, we bust a myth about shotguns. So again, if you go to my YouTube channel, Handgun World on YouTube, go to Modern Handgunners on YouTube, we got rid of this myth that still seems to float around that you don't have to aim a shotgun. You know, people, we have a lot of first-time gun owners right now. And I, I still think a lot of them believe that. They go buy a shotgun that's their home defense weapon, and they think, oh, I don't have to aim it, all right? I just load it up, point it in the general direction of the bad guy, and press the trigger, and it's all over. I don't have to aim. And that is just so absolutely non-true. It's absolutely not true. It's, it's false. And if you go watch the video that we just did, you'll see how small a shotgun pattern is inside of your house in, in typical inside the room distance, inside your home distance, seven to nine yards. You'll see how small it is, okay? Even with birdshot, I'm not a big fan of birdshot to use for home defense. Uh, it's birdshot. That's it. It's birdshot. I'm not a big fan of it, but if you're going to use birdshot, you need to know how your shotgun patterns. And at seven yards, or even less than seven yards, you know, the pattern is not very big, size of a hand. So if you're not properly aiming that shotgun and you don't have good technique, it's easy to miss. If you're using buckshot, it's even easier to miss because that pattern is not much bigger than a, than a golf ball size. Uh, you know, especially some, a lot of the high quality stuff like federal flight control, 12-gauge federal flight control is very popular. I, I, I like to use it. I have a lot of it. That stuff is, is designed to keep a small pattern out to a long distance. Well, that pattern's very, very small at 7 yards, 8 yards, 10 yards. You know, size of a golf ball, maybe size of a, of a silver dollar at that small distance. It takes a long time for that flight control buckshot, even regular buckshot, it takes a while for that stuff to spread out, 
Even regular buckshot, the pattern is not very big. A few inches, maybe. You know, you're only talking probably, what, nine pellets up to maybe a total of 14, 15 pellets in some of that buckshot, depending on whether you're using number three buck. I think Ben and I shot number three buck out at the range, number three buckshot, and we shot federal flight control, and then we shot a birdshot load. So you'll see. You'll see it all, but you got to aim. You just have to aim. I would strongly suggest if you're going to get a, a shotgun dedicated for home defense that you get one with decent sights on it. You know, like with ghost rings, uh, ghost ring sight in the back and maybe a fiber optic front or a nice post in the front. Um, you know, a lot of shotguns out there just come with just a bead sight on the front. That's a little difficult to aim. I mean, it's not impossible. You really do have to put in some extra practice to get good with just a front sight bead on a shotgun. Um, you know, you really do, especially if you have a small pattern. The, the rifle type sights really are nice. Uh, we were using a Mossberg 590A1 with, uh, with real good sights on it. And, uh, you know, it, that was a big advantage. So I would strongly suggest if it's a dedicated home defense shotgun that you get one like that with those kind of sights and that you get one that that is easy to use. Uh, the Mossberg 590 is a, is a pump and a, a good quality, one of the higher-end Mossberg guns. It was, I think it's the military and police version, if I'm not mistaken. You'll see it when you watch the video. There'll be a direct link in the show notes for the video. But don't buy into the crazy myth that you don't have to aim a shotgun because you really do. And I, I would just hate to see. I, I've had fam, family members say that. I'm just going to get a shotgun, Bob, because, you know, they're easy to use. I don't have to aim. I just point and pull the trigger. Hmm. Man, you know, because they're family, I tried to be real nice when I gave my explanation. I, I tried not to be, you know... Uh, as a, yeah, I try not to be offensive with family. I try not to be offensive with anybody, really. But you know, especially with friends and family, you have to use a, a little bit more careful tact when you answer a question like that, and just let them know that that they're wrong. Um, and but I've but I've done that, and uh, it was fun to go out there to the range and and uh, and shoot the shotgun. Now, a shotgun is not my preferred home defense weapon for some people it is my my preferred home defense weapon is any one of my full-size nine millimeter pistols that i have uh, i just I, I i still think inside my house i can be more effective or just as effective with a nine millimeter handgun no it doesn't have the power of a shotgun but shotguns are usually big they're usually heavy Unless you buy like a shockwave type or uh, or the, I forgot what Remington calls their their competitor to the shockwave. Uh, Suarez International makes a great shotgun for that as well. You know, the, the one-handed, strong hand grip shotguns with the other hand on, on the, uh, on the pump, whatever, whatever kind of style, you know, you call those shotguns. And even those, you, you got to practice with those. You, those are still, those are still not just point. 
and shoot, but they're very convenient. But I, I, I still think I can be as effective with my handgun because I've practiced with it so long. And probably my second home defense weapon would be any of my ARs in 223-556 because I've practiced with those. And by the way, if you're putting double-ot buck in your shotgun, it'll go through your walls, folks. It, it's that powerful. It'll most Unless you have concrete cinder block walls, it, it's going to be going through your walls. Um, if you don't think so, get on YouTube and check it out. A lot of people test that stuff. I believe even Tom Gresham at Gun Talk has tested that stuff. And uh, it'll go, it'll penetrate through walls. Whereas 223 does not always penetrate a wall. So if you miss, you have to think about what happens if you miss. You have to think about other people that are innocent people in other rooms of your house. And you go firing your shotgun. What if you miss? And or what if it over penetrates and it goes right straight through the wall and hits an innocent family member? You've got to think about that stuff. Uh, and even nine millimeter probably penetrate through the walls in my house. My house are all studs and drywall on the inside, so I'm sure nine millimeter is going to go through. Definitely a shotgun is two two three may not always penetrate that again it depends on the load and the bullet design and everything so these are all things you have to think about for a home defense weapon and I don't think shotguns are always ideal um, I kind of view a shotgun as a very specialized weapon um, I, I think it's good for the for the 10 to 20 yard range the 10 to 20 yard range like if you're shooting outside at 10 to 20 yards okay let's say there's definitely an imminent life-threatening threat against you um, maybe the riots did make it to your neighborhood unfortunately and people are trying to burn your house down then you better know your laws too you better know your laws before you start firing at those people but if they start threatening the lives of you inside the house or your loved ones inside the house you know then it's probably time to take lethal force action but know your laws I'm not going to get on this podcast and start lecturing you about the laws in all 50 states because I don't know them and it's your responsibility to know that but I I view a shotgun as a specialized weapon for self-defense defense between about 10 and 20 yards and of course, it's a specialized hunting weapon, um, you know, for birds. Uh, it's so as a survival gun, it's great to have. Most of you know I'm I'm a survivalist mindset as well, uh, a common sense, no tin foil hat kind of a survivalist. That's why for many years I did today's survival show. Many of you started listening to me when I was doing that show. So I and believe me, I haven't lost that. Just because I quit doing the podcast doesn't mean I've lost lost that mindset and stopped prepping. And having a shotgun is an important part of that. Right now I'm without a shotgun, but I won't be very long. I'm in the market for one again. Been out of one for a little while. It's kind of one of my part of my preps. I've kind of fallen short. But after doing this video at the uh, range with Ben, I think um, may need to get a shotgun again. I'm also not going to 
discount 20 gauge shotguns 20 gauge shotguns are they're they're overlooked but i think they're they're very good that's the first shotgun i ever owned was a 20 gauge and they're powerful 20 gauge is still quite powerful not as powerful as a 12 gauge but but they're powerful 20 gauge shotguns more powerful than shooting any handgun period especially if you have good loads for your 20 gauge I uh, finally encouraged my brother to, uh, my brother who doesn't have very many guns, I, I encouraged him to get a 20 gauge. Um, his wife likes shooting the 20 gauge better than the, uh, than, the, than the 12 gauge. I'd stay away from 410 gauge for self-defense. Uh, for certain types of hunting, 410 is great. I used to use a 410 all the time when I was a teenager going hunting. And 20 gauge, I brought down geese with a 20 gauge. Brought down ducks with a 20 gauge when I was young and did a lot of hunting. Um, shot deer with a 20 gauge with slugs. Uh, when I grew up as a kid in Wisconsin, a teenage kid and a young adult in Wisconsin, they didn't allow rifle hunting for deer. They only allowed you to use a shotgun with rifled slugs. That was the only gun, gun you could use. Um, now they've changed that. I believe they do allow rifle in Wisconsin. Any of my Wisconsin friends from my home state, uh, correct me if I'm wrong about that, but haven't they, haven't they changed the laws now to where you can use rifle? When I was young, I wish they would have allowed that. But 20 gauge was just fine. And I think uh, if it's easier for you to shoot, um, and you know what's really cool is uh, for some new shooters or some recoil-sensitive shooters a 20 gauge youth model gun is that's a good home defense probably a decent home defense self-defense weapon especially if you get a shorter barreled version of it i would still favor the handgun and i would still encourage people to get a good handgun and learn how to use it and take some classes and things like that and get proficient but if you don't want to go the handgun route shotguns of course, if you can handle the 12 gauge and you don't mind practicing, for me, it's that's one of the irritating things about a, about a 12 gauge. Is uh, go take a weekend class, weekend shotgun class, where you where you're shooting multiple hundreds of rounds out of your shotgun and uh, see how you feel. <laughs> They're punishing. They're punishing, uh, even with light loads they can be somewhat punishing. So that's one of the disadvantages is practicing with them. In a real-life self-defense stink-hit-the-fan event, you're probably not even going to care about how that shotgun feels when you fire it because, you know what, your life is threatened. You don't care at that point. You just absolutely literally don't care. You're, the only care you have at that split second is saving your life, Right? But it's the practice and the training with it. I think a weapon has to be pleasant enough for you to practice and train with it so that you can get good and get proficient with it. That's, that's my main point. So that's something to think about. So any one of my 9mm handguns sitting in the safe right now uh, that I can get quick access to, that's, that's what I'm going to use first in home defense. And of course, when I'm out on the street... And I'm out in my daily activities, living my daily life outside the home whenever I go out. I'm armed 
whenever I can legally be armed because that's my right. It's what I enjoy to do, and I encourage you to do it. And in the world we live in right now, uh, you just have to do it, folks. You, you, you got to understand the world we live in right now is just a broken world. And it's not much fun anymore. And it's something that we, we just have to do. I don't like it. You probably don't like it. But it is exactly the way it is. Um, we don't know what kind of riots going to break out. We don't know what people are going to do in response to this pandemic or any other pandemic that comes at us or any other natural disaster that comes our way. Are you preparing for those things? Do you have a plan for that kind of stuff? I hope that COVID-19 situation showed you how those of us who are modern day survivalists, how we're not crazy people, right? We're not nuts. You know, we're not people planning for a bunch of doomsday stuff. Most of us are everyday ordinary people planning for common things that could happen to us. And even though COVID-19 was not a common thing, we do plan for these types of things too, pandemics. Um, are you storing the food? Are you storing the water? Do you have a good financial plan to get through this next time? When the stores run short of meat or eggs or milk or wipes or bleach or toilet paper, you know, are, are you stocking up on that stuff now? In case it happens again, it will happen again. Who knows when, but it'll happen again. When you get laid off from your job because of a pandemic and you don't work for three months or four months or five months and the unemployment is not enough to sustain you financially, do you have a plan for that? I hope people have woken up to that sort of stuff. Um, I guess if this doesn't wake them up, nothing will. I mean, between this and the rioting and the violence and the looting, I, I you know, it just certainly seems to me like it's, it's a massive wake-up call. You know, for some people, September 11th, 2001 was a massive, massive wake-up call. For many, it was not. And that's hard to believe, but for many people, September 11th was not a, a wake-up call. They still didn't get it. They thought it was just an inconvenience that that happened to us. Some people blamed September 11th on our actions, and I don't want to get politically into all that stuff. I don't agree with people who say that, uh, but I don't want to get political. I try to stay away from politics as much as I can on this show. But it was a disaster. It was a, a disaster of huge proportions, right? But it didn't change a lot of people. Hope COVID-19 did. Hope the George Floyd protesters and the Antifa rioters and looters and thugs and criminals who want to destroy this country, whoever they are and wherever they're getting their money from, it's a group of people that want to destroy you, me, this country, our way of life. They want to bring it down. We must be careful not to let them. I hope you are of that mindset. 
And so, are you preparing for that stuff? Um, and are you preparing in a lot of ways? Are you prepared to get your butt to the polls this November and vote? And I'm not going to tell you how to vote. As I said, I don't get involved in politics. But are you prepared to make your voice heard and known and vote for the person that reflects how you feel are you ready for the consequences of whichever way this election turns out there's going to be some serious consequences I think that's unavoidable I really do I think it's unavoidable no matter who wins the presidential election and the congressional elections that we have coming up here in the USA. No matter who wins, the other side's going to get angry. Or some people are going to get angry. And look at it financially. Financially, we're in trouble as a country, folks. But because we're in trouble as a country, it doesn't mean you have to be in trouble as a person. You don't have to be in trouble as a person. Individually, it does not have to affect you that much. If you take the proper steps now to get rid of your debt, to save and invest money, and those are two different things, saving money and investing money, those are two different things. Saving money means having three or four months of expenses saved up in the bank so that you can just go to the bank and withdraw it as you need it, and having some cash available in your house so that you don't have to go to the bank so you can just pull out cash if for some reason you're in that situation. That's called saving. Investing is beating taxes and inflation. Because you know what? Taxes and inflation, they're going to happen. And they're going to start happening in a real big way after a $2 trillion and a $3 trillion stimulus package. Taxes and inflation are unavoidable anyway. And guess what? They're going to they're going to happen. Are you beating that? There's there's a lot of ways to beat taxes. Legally. Legally. I'm talking about legally. I'm not saying don't pay your taxes. I'm a Christian. Christians, good Christians believe in, in paying the tax. But no more than they're legally obligated to pay. But we pay tax. But I also take advantage of all the tax advantages, all the tax breaks that I can take advantage of including investments, including investments that give me tax benefits by making those investments. Are you doing that kind of stuff? Inflation. You got to have some money that's working for you that's earning more than the rate of inflation, which is what, 3 to 4%? And it might get higher. might go higher than 3 to 4% in the coming years. So what are you doing to defeat that you got to have a plan for that because if you don't in 10 to 15 16 18 years you might find yourself in some trouble and you might say you know that bob main guy that i used to listen to that uh was talking about guns all the time and prepping you know he told me he told me but now i didn't do it and oh man we're, we're in trouble i hope i hope that you don't say that and uh, what about food? You know, the next time the, the grocery stores run short of food, 
and and they're limiting the number of people that goes into a grocery store because of a pandemic. You know, and you can't just easily go there and get food. Do you have a plan for that next time? Because there's, there's probably going to be some kind of a next time that that happens. Your PPE equipment, personal protection equipment. How you doing on masks and hand sanitizer and things like that. Okay, so your your personal protection equipment. Uh, good possibility that you might need that again. Here in the United States, it's already today, June fourteenth. Uh, uh, so hurricane season started here in the United States. Are you prepared for that? We just got through tornado season. Are you prepared for that? Some of you live in places where earthquakes happen. Are you prepared for that? Do you have your plans for that? All stuff to think about, not just guns. And I like to cover some of this um, modern-day survival stuff on this show as well. Ammunition. Hey, whew, how about that? Yeah, when this COVID-19 thing started, couldn't find any ammo anywhere. And if you did, it was a high price. It's getting better, but it's still a high price. It's still somewhat scarce. Ammo. Are you stocked up on that? Instead of going out and buying a new gun, how about buying the same amount of money in ammunition for the guns that you already have? You can always use ammunition, folks. You always need ammo. You need concealed carry ammo. You need a lot of that, and you need a whole lot of practice ammo. In a pinch, if you had to, if you were all out of concealed carry duty loads or hollow point loads, whatever you want to call them, you could use practice ammo in self-defense. Not ideal, not recommended, but if you're in trouble, you're in a pinch, you need something and you need it now, you can use that. Stock up. And guess what? As ammo gets cheaper, you need to buy more. As it gets cheaper, you need to buy more. Just like stocks. As they get cheaper, you, you need to buy more. Mutual funds, as they get cheaper, you need to buy buy more. Same kind of thing. Okay? A lot of people like to buy new guns. New guns, new guns, new guns. What they forget is you got to have food to feed the guns. They require food, and that food is ammunition. And so, where's your plan for that? All things to think about, right? So, this coming Friday, when I get paid again... I'm going to make an ammunition purchase. It's in the budget. By the way, I do live by a budget. My family and I, on our iPhone, we use the Every Dollar Budget app by Dave Ramsey because I'm a strong Dave Ramsey fan. And so it's in the budget for me to get some ammo this month. So I'm going to wait and uh, be wise with my cash flow and wait till this coming Friday. And then I'm going to make an ammo purchase so that I get stocked up because guess what? I've been competition shooting a lot lately and burning up a lot of ammunition, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, that's that's what it's all about. That's you know it, it, you got to have fun too. When I was at the match last Saturday, I made a comment to somebody. I said, you know, you got to have some fun because there was somebody there I was shooting with that was getting real frustrated. Gun wasn't working right, couldn't make the hits, and I said, you gotta gotta start having some fun. Just lighten up, have fun with this stuff. Don't come out here unless you want to have 
fun. Don't get too competitive. Don't get too worked up. It's just a competition match. Nothing else. That's all it is. Your life's going to go on when this match is over with. You're going to go home. Your life's going to go on. It's, it's life as usual. All it is is a competition match. Have fun while you're here. Enjoy the moment. That's the most important thing. Some, you know, things have to be fun. You're not going to want to keep doing them if they're not fun. I assume if you listen to this show, guns are fun for you. Shooting is fun. If it's not, make it fun. I'll always remember a interview I did with Steve Zofi. Hi, Steve, if you're listening. Hello. Hope you and your family are still doing well. Steve was on episode 500. He was one of the guests I interviewed. See, Steve was one of the very first guests early on in in the Handgun World podcast. I had him on many, many, many times uh, in the early years of Handgun World podcast. And a few years back, we did a show on burnout. Um, you know, burning, getting burned out on shooting, and I was getting a little burned out at the time on podcasting. And he reminded me that things have to be fun. He said, you got to change things up, Bob, to, to make them fun. Steve changed his focus. He was getting burned out or got burned out on handgun competition, so he went into shotgun because it, it, it was more fun for him. He went into shotgun sports. So keep it fun. That's what it's all about. That's a, that's a, that's a great thing to always remember. And, uh, and then you'll do it. And the great thing is, is if it's fun, you're going to keep on doing it, and then you're going to get better. And then when you get better, it's even more fun. So that's what I'm talking about. Okay, um, I've pretty much hit the self-imposed time limit that I like to put on this show, which is right around 45 minutes. And I, I thank you for your time, folks. I, You know, this is a practical show done by a, a practical guy. I just try to keep things rooted in common sense on this show. And I hope that you find it to be that way. Um, so, with all that said, I'm going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close. Thanks for listening uh, another week. I'm Bob Main, and uh, this has been another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. By the way, if you haven't given an iTunes review or wherever you get your podcasts, if you haven't given a review, I would certainly appreciate one of those. And uh, Folks, I'm going to go ahead and, and take this time to sign off. A couple of things I want to say. Evil does not exist in the holster. It exists in people's hearts. Isn't that what we see today? We see evil in people's hearts out there. So it's not in the holster. Don't let anybody try to convince you that. Shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>